Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to start reading in verse 18. This is a verse of Scripture that everybody needs to know when we're talking about sex and we're talking about God's plan for our sex life. Verse 18, Rome, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your body. Don't you realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God brought you bought you with a high price. So you must honour God with your body. We're going to talk tonight about God's plan for your sex life. And I want to talk to you incredibly candidly tonight. I want to talk to you in a way that's very, very clear. I'm just kind of like imagining that each and every one of you is very close to me, that I love you, and that no matter how much uh, this might be a, a new or a radical thought to consider God's plan for your sex life, that we around here at Arise love you enough to tell you what God truly has in mind for each and every one of us. I want you to know straight up at the start of this talk tonight that God is not anti-sex. A lot of people think like somehow Christians, church, God is like whenever somebody's having a great time sexually, God's up there going bad, 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 bad. Quite the opposite. God invented sex. And I for one am incredibly grateful to Him for that. Come on, somebody say amen this evening. Yeah. God invented sex. He invented the mystery of another person's body. He designed us for sexual union. God is the author of the orgasm. God invented sex. Hello. And the Bible talks a lot about sex. I mean, I'm going to keep this kind of M rated this evening, but uh, let, let's just go into M and then we're going to skip out whole books that are definitely M plus. But in Proverbs Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. This is just straight from the Bible. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. May her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. That's saying her body and your love making together. That's, that's just keeping the Bible in the M category. I mean, if we jumped over into the Song of Solomon, man, we've got like, we've got like love is central, right? The Bible talks about a lot, a lot about the topic of sex. The Bible is clearly not anti-sex. God talks about comfort coming from sex, union coming from sex, procreation coming from sex. God is not anti-sex, but God has a plan for our lives sexually that can appear in our culture like it's just a totally new concept. And maybe I'm expecting in this message, a lot of people in four different cities to be kind of like hearing this message and hearing parts of God's plan, maybe even for the very first time in your life. And as you hear this, your reaction might be just, wow. I mean, last year, Jillian and I watched That Sugar Film. Anybody here seen That Sugar Film? Have you seen it in every location? Give me a little wave. Anybody who's got their hand wave regret that they ever saw The Sugar Film? 
I mean, when you hear the Sugar film, it is like it's a big movie. It's been going viral all over Australasia in particular, but it's incredibly confronting as you begin to realise that so much about the ingrained habits you have concerning food and the consumption thereof are literally taking your body in this incredibly negative direction. I've shared about the Sugar film with other people and had people get mad at me. Like all I did was suggest that they should watch it and they're mad at me that I suggested that they should watch it. Like I'm very happy with my sugar-laden life right now. Do not mess with me. Anybody, anybody honest enough to say that's why you've never watched it? Can I get, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. A lot of honest people out there. It's confronting, it's challenging, and the sugar film is truly countercultural. And what you're about to hear tonight is basically God's sexual version of the sugar film. You're about to hear something that is gonna be challenging, it's gonna be confrontational, and it's going to be countercultural. But I want you to know tonight that just like the sugar film is only pointing us back to the plan that God has for our physical health, this message tonight is only gonna point your way back to a physical, emotional, and spiritual platform for health. Please know this, that when you hear God's plan, God might be telling you things tonight in this message, or you might be hearing things about the Bible that are radical out there, different to what you've known, maybe the way that you've been taught, the cultural messages that you've assimilated. But I want you to just take this moment to consider two things. Number one, often the most important advice you ever get in your life is outside of your comfort zone. And number two, nothing that I'm here to say tonight is intended in any way to make anybody feel like if you're not currently in God's plan, that somehow you are fallen or sinful or unable to have the best that God has for you in life. Quite the opposite. We can't deal with the problem until we know there's a problem. We can't change our behaviour until we know there's a new way to behave. Come on, somebody say amen. We can't go to another level if we're not aware that there's another level to get to. And just remember that in our culture, so much of what we are taught about sex and sexuality and what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing lives in a world that has lost the knowledge of God. But we're here tonight, not in a natural environment. We're here where we've just finished singing across the nation that God loves you, that God's called us, that He has a plan for our lives, that He is indeed a God who cares uniquely and specifically about every one of us. And I want you to know that you don't just have to live your life by natural laws or controlled by natural urges, that we can reach to a truly higher level of life. Come on, somebody say amen. We're here tonight to realise that there is a supernatural life that God has made possible for us. And regardless of your sexual history until this moment, God has all the power necessary to help us discover the life that He has for us. God never highlights a higher way and then leaves us on a lower path. If God shows us that we can go further, He's gonna give us the power to reach that higher level. And I believe tonight people are gonna find 
Not just a confrontational, challenging thought, but you're gonna discover a God who loves you, who cares enough for you, not just to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And a God who doesn't just say that we need to go to a higher level, but a God who's gonna give us the power, the grace, the forgiveness, the freedom, the second chance to get to a truly higher level. And I believe that discovering God's plan for your sex life tonight, it might do more than just confront you tonight. It might literally set people in these auditoriums on a different journey that's literally gonna change the way you think about your life, not just in a week, but in 20 or 30 years time, leads you to a whole nother pattern of living. Come on, if you believe that might happen, give God some praise. Come on. My goal is to show you a pathway in life that is a very high path. And to say that, I want you to understand this. God is not real. And by that, I mean that God is not living in that same loose definition that we as a culture call, let's get real. Like, let's all just get real right now. I mean, we have these urges, we have these passions, we're all sexual creatures, let's just get real. God is never going to get real in the sense that God is gonna get flawed or fallen or somehow less than perfect. Our God is not real, our God is ideal. I mean, He is real in the fact that He is true and relevant and alive and powerful and authentic. He is there, but He is not real in the sense that He is flawed or fallen or less than ideal. Our God is an ideal God. And this is very important because when it comes to construction, we're not saying, let's get real. The foundations don't really count. I mean, the people who made them are less than perfect. We're not saying that. We're saying God is Idea. We want, we want foundations of that building that are not real and the things that fall. We want them to be good. We want them to be solid. We want them to be real. Idea. We want them to be up to the standard required. And we're going to talk tonight about God's plan for our sexual life. And I believe what we're going to do is establish a foundation for our sexual life that is truly going to set us on a pathway towards an awesome life and future. Okay, are you ready? Let me just say this, no matter how broken your past, this is a message of redemption. No matter how much you feel like you're not on this pathway or that you haven't known about this until now, the very moment you hear truth, it has the power to free you. You can't grow higher than you know you can go, okay? So take this with an encouraging spirit, but here we go. I'm gonna give it to you and then I'm gonna preach it home to you. One to 10, here we go. It's gonna come up on the bottom of the screen tonight. What is God's plan for our sex life? Number one, that you know a loving relationship with your parents, one that is affirming, comforting, intimate and accepting. Number two, that you never see pornography in your life. Ever. Number three, that you get all your preconceptions about what sex is going to be like from your parents and not from Hollywood. Somebody just shout amen to that one, okay? We're all united about that, all right? Number four, that you remain a virgin until you get married. Number five, that you find someone that you truly love and shares your values and mission in life. Number six, that you intentionally prepare and then marry one person for life. I told you this was radical, guys. Number seven, that you begin sexual intimacy on your wedding day. Number eight, that you learn to communicate about your sexual relationship as you grow together in love. Number nine, that you grow in, in intimacy 
pleasure, someone is saying hello, and fulfillment in, a, in your sexual intimacy together. And number 10, here's the pinnacle of God's plan, that you have great sex for the rest of your life. That's right. Let's talk about sex, baby. That's it, one through 10. I mean, that is a truly, for many people hearing this tonight, a radical, radical thought. I'm sure for many people, it might be the first time you've ever heard it. We're talking about words like virginity. We're talking about where you get your sexual messages from. We're talking about relationships with our parents. We're talking about one husband, one wife for life. And this is truly like hearing the sugar film, like we should give up everything that isn't sold around the very edge of the supermarket for those who've seen it. It's like, what? We're taking away so much of what our society buys into. But I believe that if you could discover this tonight, that you could truly set your life up for a truly higher level of living and love and satisfaction, joy, wonder and enjoyment in the future of your life. So the first thing to understand is that God's plan for our sex life begins with family life. In the Bible, one of our great heroes in the Bible is King David. If you know anything about King David, you would know that he is the guy who killed Goliath, the guy who led Israel, Israel's army into battle. He was called the friend of God. Yet we discover about King David that he had a broken relationship with his father, that his father rejected him. He left him out. He was embarrassed by David. And so we've got David, this friend of God, walking this courageous adventure with God, changing the course of human history. And then suddenly out of the blue, we've got him committing adultery with a woman by the name of Bathsheba and nearly shipwrecking his entire destiny. Why? Because at the end of the day, we are in need of an affirming family environment. And this is an anchor for us not looking for love in all the wrong places. Now listen, you can't change. Nobody here can change your family environment. But we can all be aware that we are in need of a loving relationship, if not with our earthly mother and father, with our Father in heaven. And no matter what your natural family is like, if you've got come from a broken life, a broken past, if you've only ever known rejection and bitterness in your family environment, I want you to know something. You have a Father in heaven who cares about you, who loves you, who is proud of you, who wants to hug you, receive you, bless you, shower you with His blessings. And before you ever start looking for intimacy with another human being, start by looking for intimacy with God. Let me say it again, before you ever start looking for intimacy physically with another person or emotionally, start looking for intimacy with your Father in heaven. I mean, I have a son, he's 11 years old. I kiss him minimum five times every day. I mean, I, I don't know, I'm just a hugger, I'm a kisser, I'm a squeezer. I kiss him on his cheek, I kiss him on his head. I hold hands with him. He's 11 years old, we'll still walk down the street and sometimes he'll just grab my hand, interlace his fingers with mine and we'll walk down the street chatting together because that's all he's ever known. But I'm sending him a message. I'm not his mysterious other. When he finally gets to the point where he's looking for somebody in his life that he's gonna choose to partner with, I want him doing so knowing that He has got an earthly family that receives Him. And no matter what your story's been like, I want you to know your Father in heaven loves you. 
And listen, if there's brokenness in your family, know that's firstly, it's not your fault. Not your fault. But the second thing I want you to know real clear, it's not God's plan. We can't start building a fabric for how we think about sex in a culture by ignoring the basic thing God wants. And before God ever wants you to have a bay, God wants you to have a family. That's why the church is so powerful. Because if you come from a broken life, a broken background, this is a place where you can get access to God and where you can get access to normal people who love you. Somebody say amen. amen. The second point in our plan is that God never wants us to see pornography. We're leading all the way to the point where we're talking about how to get great sex, but I just want you to know that porn kills love. I did an entire message on this about two years ago. Watch it on YouTube, get it on our podcast. But porn is destroying our chances of sexual intimacy. I want you to know that it is going to destroy your loving relationships, change the chemical balances of your brain and cause you to feel isolated and lonely. And by the way, that's not just Christian advice. That's, the, that's, that's all of the world uniting to say, these are the effects of porn in a society. It's the largest industry in the world today, targeting you when you're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13 years old. At these tender ages to change the signals of your brain, to hardwire and rewire the way that we think. And pornography is going to create within us harmful desires. It will distort our picture of sex and seriously impact our ability to form a meaningful relationship with someone of the opposite sex. I just tell my kids all the time, you're not in trouble if something comes up on your screen. That's not, that's not a point of pain. If you, if you were just going online and something pops up, that's not your fault. But you shut that screen. You lock that phone. You walk away. You tell me you'll never be in trouble. But that is a trap to try and to take your future and your life. I want you to know, guys, that pornography is killing our culture's chance of knowing joyful, satisfying sexual intimacy. Don't get your messages about sex from porn. You're not gonna become more learned about sex from porn. You won't. And guys, listen, if you've got a problem, if you've had a history where pornography has been involved, we have in every campus dedicated life groups to helping people to overcome problems in their life with pornography. For all the guys, it's called Valiant Man. The best thing you could do is not just go to a regular life group. You need to go to a life group, but take it one step higher and get in that course-based life group, Valiant Man. For all the girls who are here, freedom in Christ. These courses are specifically designed in life group formats to help us to overcome the harmful effects of the most powerful and pervasive drug that is leading to more destruction at every level of our culture. And its name is Porn. Number three, get your sexual instruction from your parents or from a Christian parental figure. I want to start introducing that notion that not everybody here is going to have a parent that's ever going to talk to you about sex. But listen, the worst place you could get your understanding about sex would be to look at Hollywood, okay? I mean, if you're like me, it's like, I mean, I've been married for 22 years, right? You know, and we're, 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 we're enjoying one another, okay? That's the truth. 
But listen, if you watch, um, watch Hollywood, I mean, TV's just crazy, isn't it? We've got this couple, they're French kissing, slamming each other into walls. It's like, are you wearing mouth guards? I mean, I mean, honestly, honestly, in the real world, if it wasn't carefully scripted, people would have blood, uh, blood lips, like chipped teeth, like, you know? We're grabbing everything on a dining room table and throwing it on the floor. Like we've firstly got that money and like a dining room table is an awesome place for intimacy. Like, like who's on the bottom? It's just awful, you know? It's just crazy. Nobody does this, nobody does this. We live in a world, we live in a world where increasingly, increasingly, listen to me young people, you gotta hear me, you gotta hear me, I love you, you gotta hear this. Your chances, and a meaningful sexual experience are being diminished the more you see myths that aren't real. I'm not trying to say God doesn't want you to have great sex. I'm saying quite the opposite. I'm saying if you're trying to achieve something that doesn't happen ever because of what you've witnessed in some kind of media format, you're setting yourself up to be a sexual moron. Now listen, let me take it one step further. Let me take it one step further. I mean, my son is 11. We've already had our first sex talk. Why? Because studies have shown if he hears about it from me, then he's gonna think of love and sex as natural, loving, beautiful, and fulfilling. But if he hears about it from a friend at school who's got a dirty magazine or a, a, a terrible dad, or if he hears about it on the internet, he's gonna think of sex as dirty, impure, lustful, and is gonna feel ashamed. You should get to your wedding bed with your husband or wife and feel unashamed, beautiful, loving, intimate, rejoicing, and, and you should be saying, thank you, Jesus. That's, that's the goal. <laughs> number four, number four. Okay, let's keep going. Are you with me tonight? You're all with me, you're all with me. This is the easiest crowd to keep I've ever preached to in my life. Number four, the fourth stage in God's plan is that we remain a virgin until we get married. Now, I know for a lot of people that's like, wow, look, great advice, too late. But here's the thing you've got to understand about sex. Sex is covenant making. Sex is not just physical. Sex joins two people as one. That's why when you read the Bible, having sex with, when a guy takes a woman to be his wife, there's no ceremony represented in Scripture. Normally they just disappear into a tent and then they're married. Because the act of their sexual union establishes a covenant. The two become one. Even in the year 2018, a marriage without sex can be annulled. In other words, they say you took your vows, but you never had sex, so the marriage is not real. That's because even our 2018 culture recognises that sex is the joining of two people together as one. Now, if you went here when Cy Rogers was here uh, in 2017 in October, man, you need to listen to those messages, email recordings at arisechurch.com. We'll send them to you. But in that, Cy went into great detail about talking about the DNA of two people being united in sex. It's crazy how physiology is catching up with the Bible. But the Bible doesn't just say that sex is physical. It says that sex is spiritual and emotional, that it joins two people together as one. When you have sex with somebody, your souls are tied together. 
You're knitted together with the other person. That's why God says, hold that moment. Hold that sexual intimacy for the moment when it's when you are with your one for life. Why? Because if you give yourself sexually to one person, then to another, you're intertying yourselves with different kinds of people. Soul ties are established. Now, listen, our God is a God of redemption, freedom, second chances. I'm saying this only to tell you that you can step back into God's plan anytime that you want. Nobody ever is sentenced by God ever to live outside of His plan forever, never. But the moment anybody says, God, I want in on your plan for my life, then a second chance is available. And that is why I believe every young adult and every young worker in our church at least needs to go through freedom in Christ. It's a course-based life group. Maybe your whole life group needs to adopt freedom in Christ, but make sure that it includes the freedom retreat at the end. We're on a final Saturday of that course. We're gonna pray through your soul ties. We're gonna deal with your past because everybody needs to close out their past so that they can step into their future. And I believe that this might be a radical thought for somebody, but I want you to know there is power in your sexual abstinence. There is power in your sexual abstinence. I'm gonna preach one week and tell you don't spend all your money at cafes, but save for a house. This week I'm gonna tell you don't spend all your sex scattering it across the world when you can save it for a far deeper, richer and satisfying experience. And that is sexual union with the one that you marry. Come on, somebody needs to clap for that tonight. I know. I know, come on. Number five, God wants you to find someone that you love. But because we're marrying somebody for life, we're not just looking for a racy experience with an idiot, okay? We're not just looking for a couple of like really good dates followed by a lifetime of, oh no, what the heck have I done? So the way we're gonna prevent ourselves from marrying a dropkick, right? is we're gonna buy into this statement. Listen, every single person, you gotta hear this, you gotta write it down. You might need to tattoo it on your wrist for the next few years. <laughs> Values first, attraction second. Values first, attraction second. That's the way you can set your life up for an awesome life. When Abraham had a son named Isaac, he found himself living in a place where there was no one godly around him. So he said to his servant, Abraham did, go back to where I was from, find my son Isaac a wife and bring her back to us here. So the Bible says that Isaac kept busy becoming the man God wanted him to become. The servant representing the Holy Spirit went out and found him the right woman and brought him back. And the Bible says that then Isaac looked up saw Rebecca and said, hubba hubba ding ding, look at the legs on that little thing. And as a result, they became husband and wife. But listen, it wasn't attraction first and then values maybe. It was values first and attraction second. Come on, somebody turn to the person next to you, whack them and say, that bit was for you. Just tell them, come on, come on. Come on, Hamilton, whack three people. That bit was for you. Number six, number six. All right, shut up. I've still got time left. Number six, 
we are then going to work together to prepare our lives to be united. We're going to work together intentionally towards the point where we get married. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go through a course together. We're going to get intentional. If we think this relationship is for life, then before we ever consummate it in sexual union, we're gonna prepare for it. We're not gonna stumble into it. We're not gonna be slaves to our own passions. We are gonna set our lives up for a whole different direction. We're gonna go to work on our differences. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna intentionally invite counsel from people that have been married for a long time and we like their marriage. We're gonna say, man, you guys seem to be rocking this. Would you speak into our lives? We're gonna take question and answers that are designed intentionally to find out where we are going to have conflict in our marriage. And then we're gonna get busy talking about it now. We're gonna reveal our pasts to one another. We're gonna get married with eyes wide open before it is too late. That's why in our church, our entire pastoral staff will not will not take marriage ceremonies for people that do not first go through pre-marriage counselling because we want you to have a great life, a great sex life, a great marriage life. And if you'll take the hard time to work through issues early, you can set your life up for a great future. Number seven, on our wedding day, we are gonna begin our sexual relationship together. Sex is wonderful, enjoyable, and beautiful when it is enjoyed within the boundaries of a committed marriage. You got to hear this tonight. You got to hear this. God always ties passion to commitment. God never separates passion from commitment. If you ever have a guy, girls, who's like, I'm passionately in love with you, but let's have sex now, and he's not committed to you, then he is trying, he's not real. He is a loser, a liar, a misrepresenter. He just wants you for your body. Tell him, go away. Get out, you're an idiot. And listen, girl, listen to me, listen to me. You gotta hear this, no matter if you've had a dysfunctional father, if you think that you're worth nothing, if you're willing to stoop or lower yourself, I want you to hear this as a father in the faith, speaking into your heart tonight, darling. I want you to know you can do better than an idiot like that. You can do better than an idiot like that. God always ties passion to commitment. How do I know that? The cross. God's promise of I love you ain't hollow, ain't empty, and ain't exploited. It's, it's sacrificial. It's giving. It's commitment to the very end. Come on, somebody say amen. God's plan is that we covenant our lives together and then we are joined as one flesh in sexual union. That's God's plan. Number eight. Sex on our wedding day, it's gonna be wonderful. But listen, it's going to get better and better and better. I wanna speak to every 18-year-old in this congregation, every 16-year-old who's been thought, taught by your cultural messages, whether you've been stated explicitly or just kind of suggested it. 
that somehow sex with someone who is a stranger is magical or exciting or amazing or dynamic or like epiphanical, like somehow, wow, it was like the best sex of my life. That is a total myth, a deceptive lie, completely wrong, not based on anything that we know about any area of relationship or intimacy. The first time I meet you is never the best conversation I have with you. And the first time I have sex with you is not gonna be the, which I'm not going to, but apart from you, Jillian. <laughs> apart from you, Jillian. But the first time. I don't even know what that was. Sex, like any other aspect of our relationship, requires communication. And the more you're committed to a long-lasting relationship, the more you're committed to openness and honesty, the better your sex is going to get. It is the craziest, stupidest, just honestly the most destructive thought our culture could ever put on people that somehow if you hook up with a stranger, it's gonna be awesome. Let me tell you what it's gonna be like. Lonely, regretful. It's gonna cause you pain. And you're gonna regret every moment that you did. That's just the truth. Guys, I've been pastoring people for 25 years. This stuff is real. Sex is best with one person for life. Because we're improving our communication, our sex is gonna get better too. Listen, you're not even gonna have the best sex in your life when you're in your 20s. You're not. Every decade of your life, it's gonna improve and get better. We're gonna grow in love. Come on, every late 20s man is like, (laughs) praise God. Wow. I'm here to tell you there's life after 30 people. Come on, somebody. We are going to grow in love We're gonna grow in intimacy and we are gonna grow in enjoyment of each other's bodies for the rest of our lives. It's not gonna get boring, it's gonna improve. And all that is needed for a lifelong of sexual fulfillment is for two people to commit to a marriage and decide we are gonna stay three things, porn free, comparison free, and I'm gonna pursue the best me. I'm gonna be porn free, comparison free, and I'm gonna keep growing towards the best me. And if any couple will commit to that, your sex is gonna get better for life. Number 10, I'm finished. Every praise and worship team can join the stage. Awkward is over. Lara in Wellington, it's done. But we are going to grow old together, loving each other. We're gonna stay in love for life. We're gonna stay sexually happy for life. And our joy, 
our joy is gonna increase with every five years of living like we never knew there was another threshold of joy like it. As you watch your next generation grow, you're gonna be, my gosh, this is so much better than my childhood. Then you're gonna watch them pursue their own dreams and you're gonna have two sets of dreams you're joyful about. Then you're gonna watch another generation emerge and maybe God's gonna give you enough years on this planet and I know no young adult is screaming right now, but maybe you're gonna live long enough that you'll see children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Entirely possible in this day and age. And you'll get to 100 and say, when I heard Cameron speak on Mother's Day in 2018, he rocked my world, but God's got a great plan for my sex life. If you believe God's got a great plan for you, come on, in every location, why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet together. Now listen, I'm just aware that for a lot of people, there's a lot of like, that's great. And then for a lot of people out there, there's like, wow. I wish somebody had told me that a long time ago. Or maybe you're just so full of hurt from the life that you've lived up until this point point, that it just seems so radical to even um, find a way back to believing in this thought that God's plan for your sex life is gonna be wonderful. And can I just invite you to just realize some things. Number one, I want you to realize God loves you. He's not angry with you. Nothing I've said tonight is in any way to say that you're a loser who's lived a really bad life up until this moment. That the, the, only, the only one who wants you to think that is the devil. Because the devil has always tried to exploit the holiness of God to keep us away from him. Let me say it again. The devil has always tried to exploit the holiness of God to keep us a million miles away from God. But this is what God says. God does. He says, I am holy, I am perfect, and I died so that no matter how fallen or beneath my standard you feel, you can come running to me and know that all you're gonna get is love, acceptance, and a power so great it can wash you clean. He says, I'll restore what the locust has stolen. I will renew your youth like the eagles. I'll give you preciousness back. I'll give you, I'll give you purity back. Listen, if you've even been abused in your life, impurity seems like a different wiring. If you've been so messed up on porn for years that you don't even think you can have a pure mind, I want you to know there is power in God, power in Jesus to cleanse us, to heal us, to free us, to restore us. God is not the God of your chains. God is the God of your freedom. God is not here to hold you back. God is here to liberate your future. God is not here to judge you for your yesterdays. God is here to give you a promise for your tomorrows. I want you to praise that God together tonight. I want you to praise Him. Come on, let me hear you. Shout if you feel dirty. Shout if you feel bound. Shout if you feel, come on, declare that my God is greater in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, I'm gonna pray over you tonight. I'm gonna pray. And I wanna just encourage every person here in this talk to take these thoughts. And even if they're like radical to you, 
Maybe like some of my friends, when I've talked to them about the sugar film, they've just been like angry and walked away from me. Maybe that's what you're gonna do. Walk out of the service and get angry and walk away. But at least give it the time to think about it. I want you to know, I'm even taking a risk telling you this. I am. In a format this large, but I want you to know that I believe in you. I believe God loves you. And I believe that you need to hear what God, the God of love wants for you in your life. So please take some time to think about it and know that God cares about you. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at johncameronnz.